0: Section 50 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern volume four section fifty selected poems by bion bion two hundred seventy five b c of bion the second of the sicilian Idyllists of whom theocritus was the first and moschus the third and last but little knowledge and few remains exist he was born near smyrna says suidas and from the elegy on his death attributed to his pupil moschus we infer that he lived in sicily and died there of poison say that beon the herdsman is dead says the threnody appealing to the sicilian muses and that song has died with beon and the dorian minstrelsy hath perished Poison came, Bion, to thy mouth. What mortal so cruel as to mix poison for thee? As Theocritus is also mentioned in the Idyll, Bion is supposed to have been his contemporary and to have flourished about 275 B.C. Compared with Theocritus, his poetry is inferior in simplicity and naivete, and declines from the type which theocritus had established for the outdoor open field idyll with bion bucolics first took on the air of the study although at first this art and affectation were rarely discernible they finally led to the mould of brass in which for centuries italian and english pastorals were cast and later to the complete devitalizing which marks English pastoral poetry in the 18th century, with the one exception of Allan Ramsay's Gentle Shepherd. Theocritus had sung with genuine feeling of trees and wandering winds, of flowers and the swift mountain stream. His poetry has atmosphere. It is vital with sunlight colour and the beauty which is cool and calm and true although beon's poems possess elegance and sweetness and abound in pleasing imagery they lack the naturalness of the idylls of theocritus reflection has crept into them they are in fact love songs with here and there a tinge of philosophy the most famous as well as the most powerful and original of bion's poems remaining to us is the threnody upon adonis it was doubtless composed in honor of the rites with which greek women celebrated certain eastern festivals for the worship of adonis still lingered among them mixed with certain syrian customs tammuz came next behind whose annual wound in lebanon allured the syrian damsels to lament his fate in amorous ditties all a summer's day while smooth adonis from his native rock ran purple to the sea supposed with blood of Tammuz yearly wounded Tammuz is identified with adonis we came to a fair large river writes an old english traveler doubtless the ancient river adonis which at certain seasons of the year especially about the feast of adonis is of a bloody color which the heathens looked upon as proceeding from a kind of sympathy in the river for the death of adonis who was killed by a wild boar in the mountains out of which the stream issues something like this we saw actually come to pass for the water was stained to a surprising redness and as we observed in travelling had discoloured the sea a great way into a reddish hue occasioned doubtless by a sort of minium or red earth washed into the river by the violence of the rain the poem is colored by the eastern nature of its subject and its rapidity vehemence warmth and unrestraint are greater than the strict canon of greek art allows it is noteworthy aside from its varied beauties because of its fine abandonment to grief and its appeal for recognition of the merits of the dead youth it celebrates beyonds threnody has undoubtedly become a criterion and given the form to some of the more famous songs of tears the laudatory elegy of moschus for his master we say of moschus although arends in his recension includes the lament under incertorum idilia at the end of moschireriquiae follows it faithfully milton in his great ode of lycidas does not depart from the greek lines and shelley lamenting keats in his adonais reverts still more closely to the first master adding perhaps an element of artificiality one does not find in other threnides the broken and extended form of tennyson's celebration of arthur hallam takes it out of a comparison with the greek but the monody of thyrsis matthew arnold's commemoration of Clough, approaches nearer the greek yet no other lament has the energy and rapidity of beyonds the refrain the insistent repetition of the words i wail for adonis alas for cupris full of pathos and unspoken irrepressible woe is used only by his pupil moschus though hinted at by milton the peculiar rhythm the passion and delicate finish of the song have attracted a number of translators among whose versions mrs browning's the lament for adonis is considered the best the subjoined version in the spenserian stanza by anna c Brackett, follows its model closely in its directness and fervor of expression and has moreover in itself genuine poetic merit the translation of a fragment of hesperos is that of j a simmons bion's fluent and elegant versification invites study and his few idylls and fragments have at various times been turned into english by Fox, to be found in Chalmers' works of English poets, Polwill, Banks, Chapman, and others. THRENODY I weep for Adonais, he is dead. Dead Adonais lies, and, mourning all, the loves wail round his fair low-lying head. O Cyprus, sleep no more. Let from thee fall thy purple vestments, hear'st thou not the call? Let fall thy purple vestments, lay them by. Ah, smite thy bosom, and in sable pall send shivering through the air thy bitter cry, for Adonais dead, while all the loves reply. I weep for Adonais, weep the loves lo on the mountains beauteous lies he there and languid through his lips the faint breath moves and black the blood creeps o'er his smooth thigh where the boar's white tooth the whiter flesh must tear glazed grow his eyes beneath the eyelids wide fades from his lips the rose and dies despair the clinging kiss of Cyprus at his side. Alas, he knew not that she kissed him as he died. I wail, responsive wail, the love's with me. Ah, cruel, cruel is that wound of thine, but Cyprus' heart-wound aches more bitterly. The oreads weep, thy faithful hounds low whine. But Cytherea's unbound tresses fine float on the wind. Where thorns her white feet wound, along the oaken glades drops blood divine. She calls her lover. He, all crimsoned round his fair white breast with blood, hears not the piteous sound. Alas, for Cytherea wail the loves. With the beloved dies her beauty too oh fair was she the goddess born of doves while adonais lived but now so true her love no time her beauty can renew deep-voiced the mountains mourn the oaks reply and springs and rivers murmur sorrow through the passes where she goes the cities high and blossoms flush with grief as she goes desolate by alas for cytherea he hath died the beauteous adonais he is dead and echo sadly back is dead replied alas for cypris stooping low her head and opening wide her arms she piteous said o stay a little adonais mine of all the kisses ours since we were wed but one last kiss o oh, give me now and twine thine arms close till i drink the latest breath of thine so will i keep the kiss thou givest me e'en as it were thyself thou only best since thou o oh adonais far dost flee o oh, stay a little leave a little rest And thou wilt leave me and wilt be the guest of proud Persephone, more strong than I? All beautiful obeys her dread behest, and I a goddess am and cannot die. O thrice beloved, listen, mak'st thou no reply? Then dies to idle air my longing wild, as dies a dream along the paths of night and cytherea widowed is exiled from love itself and now an idle sight the loves sit in my halls and all delight my charmed girdle moves is all undone why wouldst thou rash one seek the maddening fight why beauteous wouldst thou not the combat shun thus cytherea and the loves weep all as one alas for cytherea he is dead her hopeless sorrow breaks in tears that rain down over all the fair beloved head like summer showers or wind down beaten grain they flow as fast as flows the crimson stain from out the wound deep in the stiffening thigh and lo in roses red the blood blooms fair and where the tears divine have fallen close by spring up anemones and stir all tremblingly i weep for adonais he is dead no more o cyprus weep thy wooer here behold a bed of leaves lay down his head as if he slept as still as fair as dear in softest garments let his limbs appear, as when on golden couch his sweetest sleep he slept the live-long night, thy heart anear. O beautiful in death, though sad he keep, no more to wake when morning o'er the hills doth creep. And over him the freshest flowers fling. Ah me, all flowers are withered quite away, and drop their petals wan yet perfumes bring and sprinkle round and sweetest balsams lay nay perish perfumes since thine shall not stay in purple mantle lies he and around the weeping loves his weapons disarray his sandals loose with water bathe his wound and fan him with soft wings that move without a sound The loves for Cytherea raise the wail. Hymen from quenched torch no light can shake. His shredded wreath lies withered all and pale. His joyous song, alas, harsh discords break. And saddest wail of all, the graces wake. The beauteous Adonais, he is dead. And sigh the muses, stay but for our sake yet would he come persephone is dead cease cyprus sad the days repeat their faithful tread paraphrase of anna c brackett in journal of speculative philosophy hesper hesper thou golden light of happy love hesper thou holy pride of purple eve moon among stars but star beside the moon hail friend and since the young moon sets to-night too soon below the mountains lend thy lamp and guide me to the shepherd whom i love no theft i purpose no wayfaring man belated would i watch and make my prey love is my goal And love how fair it is when friend meets friend, Soul in the silent night. Thou knowest, Hesper. End of section 50